0: You guys, this is the first episode that I'm recording in our new office, and it has been so nice. I feel like I've been so much more productive today, which is the first day that we've actually gotten to use it. I'm glad that it worked out because I convinced myself that an office was actually going to help me be a lot more productive, and we are on the right track. (laughs) But anyways, welcome to today's episode. I really had the urge to do a listener's Q&A because I I just want to be able to involve you guys more in this podcast. So I asked you guys on Instagram if you would have any questions, and I got an overwhelming amount. Like within the first 30 minutes, I had actually already picked all of my questions. Um, So if I don't happen to answer yours in today's episode, I will continue doing these most likely just once a month because I think they're so fun and just a good way for me to really connect with you guys. So the first question, and I'm going to get straight into this because as we all know, I go off on tangents a lot, and I tried to pick questions from different categories that I think really are just interesting and we could have a deep, um, vulnerable conversation about. So the first question is how to stop body checking. Before I go ahead and answer this question, I just want to say that in this podcast um, or on this podcast, we talk about a lot of topics that could be triggering to someone who does have an eating disorder. If you feel like this is you, then please just skip forward a little bit because I would not want you to listen to this podcast and walk away feeling like you had trauma come up for you. So uh, definitely feel free to skip through. But if not, if you feel comfortable to hear about this, then um, let's continue. So how to stop body checking. I guess the first thing is, What even is body checking? Um, And basically, if you've ever caught yourself repeatedly checking parts of your body that you may find are um, flawed in some way, shape, or form. And a lot of the times, people who have dealt with eating disorders in the past, this is something that comes along with it. Um, You are hypercritical of your body, and you tend to just pick yourself apart any chance that you get. And a lot of the times, body checking will happen before you get into the shower or when you're getting dressed in the morning or especially at night. I remember for me, it would happen a lot um, right before I'd go to bed because I would be really bloated obviously from, you know, having food and water throughout the day. And I would just pinch parts of my body and just like overanalyze them and have very negative thoughts associated with it. Um, so I guess the first thing, tip that I have for body checking is, um, to just try and notice what makes you want to do that. Like, is there a trigger for you? Um, it could be any kind of situations that could provoke that kind of behavior. And if you can figure that out then, and, and just kind of be aware of that, um, it'll help you again, just have more awareness, I guess. And when you have more awareness, you'll have more control over doing it. Another tip that I have and something that used to trigger me a lot um, is I would compare myself to women on social media um, and I would find myself usually if I if I had scrolled through pictures of beautiful women, um, that is typically when I would go in front of the mirror and then compare myself. Um, so taking a break, like a social media break could be a really um, good way to just help yourself out a little bit. Um, because there's just no need for that. There's no, everyone is so different. And it, what you also have to keep in mind about social media is it's a highlight reel, you know? And I would, I would look at these beautiful pictures of uh, women in bikinis on the beach, right? And then I would go into my bathroom at night after I had all this food and ask myself, why don't I look like that? Um, another thing that I recommend is to just, Challenge your body checking, meaning like start asking yourself questions when you're doing it. Um, A great question that my therapist recommended for me was, has anything changed since the last time that I body checked? A lot of times it's very compulsive, meaning that it would happen multiple times within an hour and nothing is going to change. Your body just doesn't change. So um, just, I guess... Having more awareness about it and uh, while also working on your self-love and self-acceptance because, again, I think I think the answer to a lot of problems is just self-acceptance. Um, while working on that, just also being aware of it. And I think even you asking this question, you are already on the right path towards uh, fixing your relationship with your body. Um, another thing that I learned, actually, from one of my favorite people that I listen to, um, her name is Kara Heil, and she has a podcast, um, "Fuck Your Brain. She talked about how she, she used to walk around New York City and would compare herself to every woman that she would see walking down the street. And she said that every time that she would do that, um, she would repeat the phrase, all beings suffer. Because I think a lot of the times, and I talked about this in my last podcast episode, we think that if we are thinner or more beautiful, or if we conform to beauty standards that society has set for us, that our life will be easier and that we won't suffer anymore, right? So she would just walk around New York City and every time she would have a thought that would make her compare herself to someone else, she would just say, all being suffer." And I think when you really realize that, that your appearance is not going to take away your suffering, um, it just makes it a little bit easier. So yeah. Wow. That was a good question. I I really liked that. Um, Let's see. How did you know that your last relationship wasn't the one? Oh, this is a good one. Um, I think the first indicator that I had there was a lot there was a lot of little things that um didn't add up I guess but my ex and I we were really close I mean we grew up together so we were kind of best friends which it makes it really hard when you are with a good person but just isn't the right person for you um and so I guess I knew when I would start to daydream about a different life um I would just kind of imagine a completely different scenario and I would start to get questions in my head. Like, have you really lived your life on your own? Um, And I realized that I haven't. I realized that I had so many more experiences to have as a single person. um, And I just simply couldn't have them while being in a relationship with him. And on top of that, I just I remember I would get anxiety thinking about our future, even though I didn't want to, like I would try to fight it. I would would tell myself that things will fall into place and I will feel safe again, thinking about our future and I'll be excited about it. And I just never got there. And I just remember laying in bed one night and I was like, I'm completely living my life in my dreams right now. The only time that I feel happy and excited right now is in my dreams. And this was really towards like the end of our relationship, Because I think the beginning and the middle was pretty good. I mean, it was. Um, But by the end, I was like, this is just not it. And I did not want to hurt his feelings. And um, that's a really hard place to be in when you know it's the right decision. But you don't want to hurt the person. Um, But I just had to tell myself that I'm hurting him by being with him, knowing that I'm not in in love anymore. Dating someone and thinking about someone else, is this normal or should I not be in a relationship? Um, look, I'm just this is again, this is just all my personal experience, I guess. But I think that if you are really thinking about someone else, if again, if you're imagining being with someone else, then just in my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion, take it for what it is. But um, I think that that could definitely be a sign that you should not be in a relationship. Um, There are so many other factors and obviously I don't have the information at all. This is pretty vague, but just from this specific question, yes, I think if you are imagining and daydreaming about another person, then that probably does mean that you shouldn't be in a relationship. And it's hard because, you know, I think I actually, (laughs) this next question kind of ties in together, how to know when it's the right time to leave your significant other and I remember like looking up the answer to this because I was like, is there going to be this big sign? That's like, now is the right time to leave. And um, a lot of the answers that I would read would be like, well, if you're already thinking about leaving, then it's probably time. And I actually don't necessarily agree with that because I think that relationships take work and there could be times when you're like, you know what? Like out of just, it, if you're upset or if you're angry or whatever, and you're like, I'm, I should just leave. Or sometimes if you're in a bad place mentally and you just don't have the capacity to like fight for the relationship and fight for yourself, I guess, um, then it would be really easy to give up. And I don't think that those are the right indicators, but you could still be thinking about it. Right. So I remember really just not feeling good about that sort of statement. If you're thinking about it, then it's probably a sign. Although it could be a sign. It could be a sign, but it could also just be a sign that maybe you just have to have a serious conversation and um, maybe there is something worth saving here. Um, But how to know when it's the right time? It's a hard one. I think it's very different for everyone, honestly. Um, But I think if the thought of, your future together is not something that is exciting for you if it just terrifies the shit out of you and you don't want to think about it and you don't want to imagine it um then i think that's a pretty good sign um yeah yeah i guess that's my answer um but again like it could very well be different for someone else like for example i think cheating um Is probably also like if you're thinking about cheating, definitely just leave the relationship. Just don't put that person through that. It's not worth it. Um, It's so much, you know, the pain of leaving someone who's still in love with you is painful. But cheating on them and thinking that just because you're, you're too scared to break up with them is worse, I think. How to get over guilt when you make a mistake? Hmm. I used to struggle with this a lot because I um, was always really hard on myself. So I just, whenever I'd make a mistake, the language that I would use with myself and the conversation that I would have with myself in my brain was very, very negative. I would get down on myself. I would be very hard on myself and I almost never got over it. Um, And again, that just I didn't have any forgiveness for myself because I had this pressure that I had to be perfect and I couldn't make a mistake. But you guys, we are humans and we are flawed and we are going to make mistakes regardless. Like it's, it's inevitable that you are going to make mistakes. I think you start by accepting that you are going to make mistakes. So when you make them, it's a little bit easier. You start by learning from those mistakes. Just ask yourself like, if I had more information, would I do better? And will I do better in the future now that I do have that information, right? Because if you can learn from it, then that mistake was worth it. If you can become a better person because of it, then that mistake was worth it and it taught you something. Um, So that in the future, you don't repeat it. And I really think that's where, that's kind of the turning point. Like if you can really just say, next time I'll do better, that's really the all that you can do because everything else is out of your power right you can't go back and change it um so yeah just learning from it and using kinder words with yourself like don't put that, don't don't put that pressure on yourself you don't have to be perfect you are still very much deserving of love and happiness and good things in your life even if you have made mistakes because guess what we all have does self-acceptance take a long time? <laughs> hmm. uh, honestly, I think yes, at least for me. For me, it took a long time, but I hope that that doesn't discourage you from starting that journey, I guess, <laughs> um, because it's it's probably the best thing that's going to happen to you. I think it's one of those things that you will continue to work on for probably the rest of your life, because as you grow and as you go through life and as you actually make mistakes, you will have to continue to accept yourself and the new version of yourself. Um, so it takes a little bit of time. It takes it takes time to learn the tools and then it also takes a little bit of time to really implement them. Um, it takes time to change your thoughts and what you really believe about yourself and the world. and um, it also takes time to learn how to be kind to yourself um, and practice. So yes, it takes time, but this is your sign. Start today because it's going to change your life. It's going to change how you view the world and everything in it, and your relationships. Um, and it'll only change it for the better. What is the biggest obstacle that you have overcome in 2020? Oh my gosh. 2020 was such a difficult year for all of us. I mean, my my heart breaks, like looking back on 2020. Um, I think for me, I overcame some of the trauma in my past. And it is something that I'm going to continue to have to overcome as I go through life. It's crazy because two days ago, I actually felt anxious for the first time in probably like four or five months and I was so hard on myself I was like oh my god it's back like my anxiety is back and I don't know what to do and I just felt like I was it felt like I you know this entire time has had just been crawling out of a hole right and then I crawled out of it and I've just been like cruising just walking um, casually just not paying attention to anything and I fell into another hole but it was very little that's the thing. This hole was a much smaller and I had all these tools with me to dig myself out of it much quicker. And that's how I know that therapy, um, worked for me and is working for me because when I was in my first hole, I had to get like a rope, right? I had to get a rope from someone else and really that helped me climb out of it. And that someone else was obviously my therapist. Um, And now I fell into this very teeny-tiny hole, (laughs) but I had all the tools within me to get myself out of it and continue walking and just know that chances are I'm going to fall into a hole again. Chances are I will experience anxiety again, but it doesn't have to consume me. I don't feel like I will never get out of it. I don't feel like I will have to spend my entire life living this way. And I guess that's, that's what I have had to overcome. Um, I overcame my trauma from my childhood. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. My trauma was was pretty big. (laughs) How to fall for the right guys. I always feel like I go for the ones who aren't good for me. Oh man, this is hard. Because I know that there are so many women who are in this position. You know, we don't like the nice guy. We like the guy that hurts our feelings. We like the guy that we can fix. We like the guy that doesn't text us back um I get it I think a lot of it is really like society has taught us that we aren't good enough so when we when we meet someone who's just like willing to give you their time and their attention and everything else and not in like a creepy way because there's a creepy way to do this like when someone is like just like too forward too fast like that's too much but in like a healthy way when you meet someone who is emotionally available Um, And you're like, wow, this is very unfamiliar to me. Like, I'm not going to go down this road. What I know is toxic. So I'm going to go down the road that I know that is familiar. And um, I get it. I mean, again, I think it's something about our bodies, like wanting to recreate experiences that we are familiar with. Um, There's some sort of like kind of messed up safety in that. But really, this is where I think therapy is just the, the biggest help because you start to realize like you can relearn these things you can learn how to go for the mature emotionally available man instead of the opposite um and it really it really starts off with just you working through your trauma and your um I guess standards for in a relationship and how you want to be treated. And I think a lot of it does again, come from self acceptance and self love. Like if you think that you deserve something better, you will go for something better. Um, Yeah. Therapy guys. Oh, therapy has just changed my life. (laughs) What's your self care routine? I like this one. Um, Self care. Okay. So I think self care has this uh, notion is notion the right word. I'm not sure. Um, But Self-care on social media looks like bubble baths and uh, face masks and sex in the city. And don't get me wrong. All of that is great. And all of that is part of self-care. But I think self-care is also like journaling and um, therapy. Take a a shot every time I say therapy in this this podcast. Um, But, you know, working through the hard shit, being honest with yourself, that is huge for self-care. Um, taking a stand and like, you know, working towards building better coping mechanisms for your behaviors. And just again, yeah, being honest with yourself, really facing yourself is self-care and making a decision that you don't want to live your life this way is also self-care. So yeah, I, but I guess if you're, if we're speaking strictly, (laughs) strictly in the Bubbled baths realm then for me self-care is like my morning routine it is so important for me I love to wake up and I will do my whole skincare routine and then I'll go into the kitchen and I'll make my what used to be coffee but now matcha I drink matcha now life-changing um but I'll make my matcha and I'll just sit outside for a little bit a lot of the times it'll be um with Nick and with their puppy we'll just kind of sit and um yeah, it's really nice. I think that that's huge for my start to the day. Like it really sets the the tone for the day. A lot of the times, um, another form of self-care is like nighttime routine is also very important. Um, I really love like watching sex in the city or watching like a nice movie with Nick and just kind of winding down, cooking dinner together, all the little stuff. Um, like, going to the movies is self-care, I think. Spending time with your girlfriends is self-care. Um, doing nice things for yourself. Like, you know, buy yourself something nice every once in a while. And do that hair mask and do that face mask. Like, if that's going to make you feel good, definitely do it. But don't neglect all the other stuff, like, the hard stuff, too. Um, but, yeah, you guys, Sex in the City, like, I just started watching it. And I I can't believe that it's taking me that long that energy that female energy is huge like it really just the topics that they talk about i feel like it's crazy that they talked about them back then when the show was filmed um i think i think it's a it's an amazing show <laughs> i highly recommend it if you're looking for um something entertaining but also just kind of like little lessons in terms of relationships and um expectations and self-love and all that all right last question how do you find your passion slash what do you want to do with your life? I think that there is so much pressure on finding your passion and kind of like figuring out the rest of your life, especially when when you're in your 20s, your early 20s, mid 20s, and late 20s. I think, yeah, in your 20s. <laughs> I don't know why I just had to say all those, but um, in your 20s, there is so much pressure to just know what the rest of your life is going to look like and a lot of it is you've you've had this timeline that people talk about um like I'm going to finish school by 22 and then I'm going to have um you know find the love of my life by 25 and then by 27 we'll get married by 30 we'll have kids by 35 I'm going to have this lucrative career and it's like holy crap all that pressure just it makes you like so anxious, especially if you are not on that track yet. If you maybe are a little behind or even a little ahead, like it just makes you feel like you, like something's wrong with you and it's not. And we really, I'm sure you guys have seen this all over social media, but like we really have to normalize people finding their passion later in life and also changing their passions throughout life. Like we are such dimensional human beings that chances are, you're going to be interested in, and you're going to be passionate about more than one thing. And it's cool if you're just passionate about one thing. It's cool if you're like from 10 years old, you've just known that you want to be a doctor. I actually had a friend, my friend Jessica, who was just like, I just knew my entire life that I wanted to be a surgeon and she has become a surgeon and she is so f- fulfilled. And she's just like, this is a hundred percent my passion and I'm going to be passionate about it for the rest of my life. My grandfather was this way as well. He was a pediatric surgeon, and he just dedicated his entire life to that. And that is all that he ever wanted to do. But for a lot of people, that's just not what it looks like for a lot of us. We have multiple things that we are passionate about. We have multiple things that we want to try, and and we change our mind many times. And I think how you do that, how you find those little passions is – you just try new things like you just put yourself out of your comfort, outside of your comfort zone and really go for the things that scare you. I think that's really important um, and try not to dismiss the ideas that you have in your head. Like really when you are in silence and you are alone, the thoughts and the, the, how you view your life, right? Like if you just had every opportunity in the world, what would your life look like? Don't shut those down. And I've been there. I've been like, no, 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 don't even think about it because you're going to have these expectations for your life. And um, and then if you don't reach them, you're going to be disappointed. And I think that 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 really kind of stopped me from trying new things a lot of the times because I was just too scared to like put myself out there. So dream big and chances are it'll take you in a place that's going to make you so happy. Um, but don't put the pressure on yourself to have to figure that out. Don't have any expectations. Just really like, just really let life, I guess, take you where it's supposed to. Um, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to fail because chances are you're going to fail at certain things, but it's going to teach you something. And it could also just by failing in one thing could lead you to succeeding in another thing. Um, so yeah, I guess that's just my advice. Just go for it. <laughs> all right, guys, that is going to conclude this listener's q and I really hope that you enjoyed it. Um, let me know if you have. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much because I've been reading all of the Apple podcast reviews and I swear they have just been putting such like a smile on my face like it's the first thing that I read when I wake up um this podcast is like my baby right now and I'm so passionate about it and I just started it like a few months ago which is crazy not something that I ever thought I was going to do so this is a great example of finding your passion just doing it and seeing how you like it so yeah that's it for today and I will talk to you guys in the next one